On this week's episode, we're going to talk about travel tech. We've come a long way from the vibrating beds in the hotel rooms. We're also going to talk about, is travel going to be riskier in 2020 than it was in 2019? And lastly, Jason and I are going to talk about our favorite topic, airplane restrooms, and why you should be careful. All that and more on this week's episode. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Joe. We're the Business Travel Guys. It's our first show of 2020, and we are already holding to our, uh, what do you call it, Joe? It's resolution. It's a resolution. Yeah. We're already holding to it yeah. by, by recording our first episode right here in the first week of 2020. Nice. And we're going to cover a few really fun topics today. The first one is from an article right at the end of last year, all the way last year. <laughs> it was really in the last decade, it actually. It was in the last decade. This is really old news. That's very yeah. old news. Yeah, um, it's all about hotels with cool tech. Um, it comes from the Tech Republic, and um, they mentioned a few, but I think we're going to come up with uh, some of our own that that we like or we've seen. Yeah, that might not have been yeah, yeah. mentioned in the article. Um, so we'll start with uh, some of the ones that were mentioned in the article, and okay. I won't mention hotel names uh, or any brands. So I'll just but talk more generally. Yeah, and you can go obviously they see those brands and whatnot in the article. You if can they go read there. the article. Yeah. At Tech Republic. Uh, the first one is about um, voice assistants in the hotel room. So Alexa devices uh, in, in the hotel room for a variety of purposes, uh, you know, to request a wake up call or to listen to your, um, not a wake up call, but, a, you know, like a, an alarm. Yeah. Um, uh, listen mean, to your music. So request services from downstairs. Uh, so I can appreciate the ease of that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, every hotel has a different alarm clock. Setting those alarm clocks is challenging. I get that. So, you know, to tell a device to turn on an alarm would be great. Obviously I've got privacy concerns out the, out the ears here. That's a lot of, of listening yeah. to my room. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing to have them in your, in the privacy of your home where you can control it a bit more, but in the hotel room, it's odd. You just don't know um, how that thing is set. The settings of that. I know the settings of my home. Right. Uh, listening devices, if you will, my home assistants. Um, but but <laughs> I think in both the hotel were correct. Room, and this sort of goes into the next one. So I'm not sure if I saw if I walked into a hotel room and I saw that on the on the counter, would I immediately say, "Oh, that's awesome," or would I say, eh, "Is you know, should I unplug it?" Like it just it's just a weird thing. I would unplug it. Um, but this goes into a somewhat related thing. Perhaps um, it'll get into maybe some of the same privacy concerns. Um, but a lot of the TVs now in the hotel rooms are um, enabled to have you log into your streaming services, whether sure. it be Netflix or YouTube or Hulu or whatever service that you might pay for. You can sign into that account and then watch whatever you're binging on yep. in your hotel room. Awesome. Eh. Why? I, I'm I'm uncomfortable putting my, my password and, and user oh. information on those devices. I'm uncomfortable when I have to log into the hotel, like go to the hotel... Um, workspace and I have to print something off their computer or what have you. Uh, we'll come back to I'm, what are you printing? Uh, uh, notes for mm. notes for a presentation. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, where I don't, I get uncomfortable. Like I'm using incognito windows yeah. and, and clearing browsers. I mean, I'm trying to delete browsers off the computer if I can. Right. I get very uncomfortable. So, but I don't have as much control of that TV to your point. Yeah. What are the settings behind that? Yeah. Because um, I mean, all of them that I've seen will actually at checkout, 
what they say. Yes. They clear the cash. They clear your account. The TV from, has cash. The the TV has um, an account that it holds. So it'll when you check out, it it deletes that account from that that uh, TV. It, presumably, okay. I was going to say you, if it, you, I'm trying to like give you skepticism yeah, for my no, voice. I, but I it, have. I, I mean, I do it. You know, all the time. My only issue with those because I I'm definitely in the hey, it's just my Netflix account. If it you know there's not anything weird they're going to see or someone. Sure. Right. So, but um, for a lot of people, Jason, their Netflix account could be the keys to the kingdom. You're, you're, you're good enough with security. You've got different passwords. I use LastPass and and I have crazy passwords for everything. But that's, you're the minority, unfortunately. Right. Most people have a password. They use for everything. Right. And that could be the keys to the kingdom. So for, for the average person, okay. I, I would be concerned about that. You and I, we do have multiple passwords, and I would both use a password manager. But for a lot of people, they may not. Okay, and that I mean, that's a really good point. That that user ID and password, if their username is their email address, and the password is the same password they use for everything, you're right. They now have that with another place that could be using. You know, employee might be able to look at that. I right. don't think that's the case, but let's just say there is a higher probability that, that might happen if you does, sign in. Does Netflix email you when you sign in in a hotel to say, hey, you just signed in in a Netflix account at a hotel? I think it does. Yeah. Um, I think it does. And that's a great point. So that's, um, that's another, that's a plus. That's that, a super positive that thing. That is. I, the thing that I think needs to be, um, and this goes beyond just the hotel rooms, but signing into that account is a pain in the rear. I have to, because my, I have a lot of crazy, you know, characters and stuff. Because it's secure. Because it's secure. But just like with a with the remote, you got to like you know right, 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 left, 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 select. I mean, it yeah, sounds it's, like it's you're a, trying to get like the bonus. That's right, right, left, right, I down, down, A, B for the secret weapon. Yeah. But that is um, that's a process that could be totally transformed to where you know I go to my app, I go to my Netflix app on my mobile phone, and I say authorize hotel. It knows the hotel, I'm in. it does a handshake with some sort of secondary factor of authentication, and now I'm in. Like it shouldn't make me have to put that stuff in there and they could, you know, increase the controls to where you can, you know, see that your cash or that, you know, it's, it's truly being cleared from that TV and that hotel. I think they could, they could make that. The interface between in this, this goes even back to, you know, back to your home between TV and, and entering in passwords and usernames is for most TVs is quite, cumbersome it is cumbersome but i think i think there's all kinds of new but yeah if you could biometrics i think there's all kinds of neat stuff yeah, they can do i like that it better the next one is around um fitness devices and of course this whole article is about technology so yeah uh technology focused fitness devices that uh can go into hotels or even better hotel rooms so like i i can go to my you know i'm a peloton user um you can go to the peloton app and you can see the hotels that have peloton so um, oh. but, but more often than not, they're actually in the workout room, which is fine. Sure. But again, if I want to sign into that bike, I've got to, you know, this goes back to our previous point. I've yeah. got to go in there and I'm going to sign it. Um, n- now hotels are actually, some hotels are putting the Peloton bikes in your room where you could work out, which would be, that would be my dream hotel. Cause the worst thing that would is be really nice. Wake up. You're like, oh, I gotta get my stuff on. You go downstairs, you do that whole thing. But I could wake up roll over to the Peloton, do my ride, and then be in the shower and go off to work, that would be tremendous. Yeah. So I, I hope we'd see more of those. I, that would be things. really handy, particularly if you could say, all right, I, I'm probably going to do it in the morning. So, you know, either have them deliver it the night before, and then they could take it to somebody else's room. And I don't, I think like even low tech is fine for, like, I think hotel rooms that start, there, there's always a spot in your room that 
is like wasted space. They yeah. could make that a nice hard floor with a cushion surface sort of thing. They could put some free weights in there, you know, some bands. They could they could make making working out much easier and convenient if they gave a little bit of the space to you to do that. What about the, the we'll give you clothes to wear. How do you feel about that? I've I know never, it's not tech, but with these exercise mind got me going. I, I never have, I thought about doing it, but I always, it's so stupid because I pack my bag and I fill that stuff. And sometimes I won't use it. I'm like, why did I bring this? Yeah. It took space in my bag. Yeah. If I knew I was staying at the Westin where they've got Westin workout, they'll give you the, the shoes. And they're apparently like, I've had, I've had friends that do it quite okay. often. And they're like mostly brand new shoes that have never been worn before because not a lot of folks do this. Right. So you have a higher chance that you're not going to be getting a really worn pair of shoes or shorts or a shirt, workout shirt. Um, They're always going to be cleaned. But um, I don't know how we got off the topic of technology. Well, I guess the exercise, delivering exercise. exercise to your room. And, right. and I know that hotels also, you know, offer clothes. Sorry, it was my fault. I got us off topic. The next one, um, I'm going to skip over chatbots because, um, you, you know, it's similar to, me to, like almost the played, to me, they're almost played out from a, from a technology perspective. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, I think there can be some really interesting use cases um, in the enterprise. If you're in a chat tool and you can just book a simple you know, travel, you know, book a flight to Chicago, my normal flight to Chicago next week. That'd be great. Red knows, like I always take the Southwest flight to Midway at, you know, 7 a.m. And I always come back on the 8 p.m. on Thursday. That should be a really great, simple chat interface. So we're going to skip over chatbots because we could go on forever on that topic. But I'm going to go to one that I think is um, always delightful when I check into a room that has lots of not just outlets, but they've got USB ports. All throughout the room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you need them on each side of the bed, by the desk. Uh, you know, if you can get them in, in the in the bathroom, that's fine too. I don't know that you can have too many I've never USB seen plugs. Them in the I bathroom. haven't, but I think you should. That would be interesting. You know, to, to to plug in a speaker or your phone or what have you. You know, while it's playing music while you're getting ready, or you know, I was in a hotel room recently. Uh, where were we? In a Indigo Hotel Indigo, which is a it's a intercontinental, I believe. Yeah, intercontinental brand. Uh, we were in Athens, Georgia, at University of Georgia, on our way up to North Carolina, and they had. I've never seen this many USB outlets in a room. It was they were everywhere, and it was you know I was traveling with my teenage girls. Everyone's got devices that needs yeah. to charge overnight. Sure, and there was no fighting for ports. Where normally in a normal hotel room, it's not just no USB. There's not enough outlets, and the outlets aren't convenient too. Oh, this goes to my <laughs> other point. Like I always use ironing board to iron my shirts. Like if I'm wearing a nice, of course, you want to look presentable. Um, the some of the placement of the you know where you would plug an iron in a hotel room uh, is yeah. is horrible. Yeah, um, the hotel should be a lot more thoughtful about where they put not just USB outlets, which I think is great, but just yeah. outlets in general. I think the, the 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 one issue I have with USB outlets is the ones that that there will be two right beside, and one is for your for your iPad or or for a, for a heavier use device, and one is for your phone. They don't make them clear which one is sort of the, the big horsepower. Yeah. USB. It's like written in black on black. I'm yeah. trying to like shine my light on it. You know, I'm sure I'm probably going to blow up one of my devices because I've got it plugged into yeah, the high powered one. That, that's my only complaint about the USBs. Yeah, they need to. And of course, now the USB C uh, standard, uh, you know, presents another sure. set of, uh, I got the new AirPod Pros or whatever. Yeah. And they, of course, have a USB C. Uh, so do you have to have an charge adapter in some cases? Um, yeah, but you can just use a normal iPhone charge. So I'm like, uh, why, why why would you? Yeah, yeah it's very anyway. strange. Lastly, in this topic, um, and I've only seen this once, I've read tons of articles about them, but robots. Uh, the robots that 
bring you stuff to your room. Oh, I was at uh, the a lot one of the a lofts in Chicago because there's several. Um, I was sitting in the lobby. We were just having a drink or something with colleagues, and there this little robot is going from the front desk into the elevators, um, likely bringing you know toothpaste or something up to a room. Um, you know the the hotel staff will just that the top of the robot opens up. They put whatever they're you know have requested in the top of this thing. It drives to the room. It you know alerts. I don't know the knock on the door or ring door. I don't know how it lets you know that. Uh, it's there. Maybe it calls your room. Probably calls your room or, or texts you. Right. And then, you know, you open the door, the pop uh, of the robot opens and your little R2 unit is there to deliver so, your toothpaste. Okay. So I think that's super cool. How much staff is that saving? But how like, cool are, like, is, is it, is, is, it a a cool, is it a cool factor or is it a, a staff saving factor? I, I do think, I mean, there's nothing, let, let's say hotel, the, the cost of these go down uh, considerably. I, I, I've only seen one robot. But if they get so cheap to where you could have like 10 of these things, um, how, how many times have you sometimes requested something up to your room? And it takes it takes a long time. Hour it takes a long time. Because the staff is busy. They're, they're sure. running all kinds of errands. But imagine if you had a fleet of these robots that are just go, you know flying up to different rooms, delivering whatever they're delivering, I, even room service, right? You sure. Imagine that get easier in the future as well. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 th- I like the idea a lot. I, I think. From, you know, if I had 10 of these and, you know, I have basically just one staff person that's able to fulfill the orders that are coming in either for toothpaste or what have you and send them on their way. I, I, I like it. So that was just a, uh, a scratch of the surface of the different technology and the, and the things that were. So I, I would just say we've come a long way from vibrating beds and then the, the TVs that are buried in the mirror in the bathroom. Oh, like, yeah. That's a tech. Really always hard to see. Can't hear very well. Or, or the, the little like dial thing to have the speakers of the TV that's out in the main room play in the oh, bathroom. I forgot about the dial stuff. Yeah. So yes, come a long way in this next uh, decade, technology nice. and hotel rooms. So check out the article when you get a chance. We'll provide a link in the episode notes. Uh, Hotels with cool tech for the business travel from Tech Republic. Good article. Okay, the next segment um, was inspired by, we're going to talk about an article that came from at the end of last year, um, Business Travel News, BTN, always a good source for uh, compelling articles for the stuff that we talk about, business travel. Um, They are talking about a study that was done by something, International SOS. Yeah, International SOS. um, All about the risk of travel, business travel specifically. And they, uh, International SOS, did an online survey of 1,346 business travel professionals. And I thought this was interesting. Okay. 214 countries. So that's a good cross section. Really of, good. Uh, groups around it. So this is not all Americans that are traveling to other parts of the world. This is people traveling for business across the globe. Okay. Um, and a, a nice sample size. So um, they're going to talk about the risks of travel and whether or not we think the risks are going up or down or whatever. And so um, the macro stat that I think is interesting and we'll just start out with is uh, 51% of travel managers say travel risk increased in 2019, 51%. So more than half in 2019 said that the risk of travel has gone up and then contrast that with in uh, they, they believe 47%. So less than half, believe that uh, travel risk will increase in 2020. So it probably will stay the same. There's not anything dramatic that says it's going to go down or go up from that, at least from those that were uh, surveyed. So um, what's covered in the article 
the types of risks uh, that you can imagine. Everything from uh, security threats, and that could be both physical and cybersecurity uh, risks of travel. We talked about that yeah. in the last segment. Um, civil unrest, people traveling to parts of the you know, world that are experiencing. Hong Kong is probably the, the well, best I, example I, I right now. We, we've each been in our career in a city where there was unrest right. while we were there for business travel. And I'm, I've got a fun story about that uh, that we can talk about. Um, and then geopolitical threats, this is a similar sort of thing. But um, I, ISO or ISOS, International SOS, yep. um, says gray zones of risk need more attention in travel policy. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those gray zones. So the, the biggest area of risk that they pointed out uh, in this survey was cybersecurity, 31%. Sure. Um, and, and we talked about in the last segment. As you are moving about the world, uh, you're you're interacting with all kinds of different uh, sites. You're sharing your username and password with all kinds of things. You're a member of all kinds of travel programs sure. that store that information. And, uh, and, and how many Wi-Fi networks are you on oh, or wow. off? That's you know, a great one. That's I mean, a, that's to me when I hear the cybersecurity, that that's immediately what my mind is at is because you know restaurants, hotel, airports. Right. I mean, you name the Wi-Fi network. Wi-Fi. You're in the airport. You see free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Underscore, underscore, underscore free Wi-Fi. And you're like, is that, that is, is that really what the airport's right. Wi-Fi is called? So then you're trying to research while you're not on their network, research what's the name of their network so you can get on the network. Yeah. I, I'm always like double checking those because those are, you know, they try to make it easy. I want this to be at the top of the list. So I'm going to put an underscore in front of it. And you're like, this doesn't look right. Yeah. And, and you read the articles all the time about the people that make it a, you know, their profession is to sit in the hotel or the hotel lobby or the airport uh, terminal. And they're just sniffing. That's their job. That's their job is to sniff credentials. Yeah. Um, So that is scary. So that's the number one um, cited thing. I totally can see that. For risk is uh, cybersecurity, 31%. The second big category is really interesting. And this is one that our company uh, has been spending more time uh, researching and thinking about ways to, uh, uh, to make this less risky uh, for our travelers is uh, female travelers. Um, in in this, you know, female travelers that are traveling by themselves, and it doesn't matter if they're going to a risky part of the world Correct. or country Correct. or city, it is really, um, you know, while they're by themselves, how can we make sure that they are uh, as safe as they possibly can? And an example that we talk about a lot is, um, you know, a, a very unsafe in place for a woman traveler uh, to be by herself yeah. is to get a hotel room that has easy access to the outside world. Um, a, most elevators and hotels now require what to get up to the next you, floor. You need a you key. gotta have your key card. Right. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the smaller hotels that still have a lot of rooms on the on the base floor, the first floor. Uh, you can get right easy access. Oh, absolutely. You just walk so through the lobby and you're there. It, it's looking for, hey, let's make sure we don't have the hotels that are bookable. Or if you can even do it more sophisticated, we won't allow a female traveler to book a hotel room that's on the first floor and right. on the ground floor. Um, things like that. So that risk of female travelers is something that I think the companies are, are doing more to to think about. And there's the right accordances yeah. for uh, their safety. I, I'm always mindful when I'm traveling with my, with my female coworkers to make sure that they are you know, taking back care of room. You know, back, you know, yeah. Whether it's back to the room, you know, back Hey, to I, I got to go to the, the store. Room. Hey, you want me to go with you? I'll, yeah. I'll ride with you. You know, if they need to run off to the store or something just to, you know, one to provide company, but two also just to, you know, be an extra, extra set of eyes to, to watch out for anything that's nefarious. I, I mean, I think someday my daughters will 
you know, have to travel for business for whatever they do. And I always think about like, you know, what sort of things will be in place to make sure that they're safe. And I would want, if they were traveling with someone, yeah. I would want someone to yeah. um, make and sure they I were I think okay. it's that, you know, safety in numbers if you can. And and I'm fortunate enough for, for you know, for me that we typically are traveling in a group. So right. we don't have to be by ourselves. The next big category, we talked about it on our last episode, is mental health issues. Um, so the strain of, of business travel, uh, the sorts of things that you are, you know, you're alone dealing with yeah. potentially stressful uh, stuff and you don't have someone there, your normal family or friends to help you through whatever tough times. Sure. So mental health issues is something that, uh, that we need to pay a lot more attention. Well, to. I know a lot of companies, you know, I think mine included has, you know, where you can call up somebody right. if you need to. So, you know, to make that just that easy accessibility is important. That is right. The next one is, um, travelers with disabilities, a lot of articles on this recently. So we're spending a lot more time, um, ensuring that our, you know, I'm in it at the company I work for, that all of our applications and capabilities are as accessible to everyone as they possibly 100%. can. 100%. Um, and you also think about like when we travel, uh, you know, w- without any disabilities, um, it is, it's a tough, th- it's a tough go as it is. Sure. And imagine uh, if you had any sort of disability, physical disability or mental disability and tra- travel uh, in that situation is, com- you know, it compounds the the complexity and the challenge of it. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to, to, make it accessible, make it, make it easier, you know, whether it's like you say, whether it's booking those right rooms, but having the right resources there, but also from a technology perspective, having those apps that are fully accessible by the readers and, and, you know, have responsive design, you can make them big enough where you can see them if you're visually impaired. Right. This next one's interesting. I I actually thought it would be higher on the list. What's that? It's um, the article refers to it as sharing economy services. So the Ubers and the Lyfts and, and those sorts of things, um, the risk is the, you know, you're getting, it, it is crazy. 10, 20 years ago, if somebody would have said, we, you know, hey, the new way to get where you're going is you just, you know, call up someone, a stranger. Right. You have you have your teenage daughter, call up a stranger and say, come get me. Let me tell you where I'm at and tell you where to take me. Right. Absolute stranger's car. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's it, normal now. It, and not a, not like a, um, you know, like cab drivers, uh, presumably were, were vetted, fully vetted and sure. they had to go to a, you know, in-person interview and, and things like that. But now these uh, sharing services, anyone can sign up. I could sign up today and be, be a driver. I'm sure I have to go through some level of uh, background uh, check, but that sharing economy service risk is something that I think is going to be on the radar for quite some time. I know our company thinks, you know, pr- to the previous comments around female travelers, right. um, you know, people love ride sharing services, but you're in a strange city you get picked up by someone, yeah. you're doing this in your hometown, yeah. you know when the driver is taking yeah. you off route. Yeah. When you're in a big city you're not familiar with, someone's taking you in odd spots. I, I is uh, risky. One of my female coworkers, uh, she always said, she said, hey, if you ever get a call from me and I'm telling you about my cab ride, she said, just hang on the phone with me because I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable. She, oh, said, you know, she cool. said, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm sitting in cab number so-and-so. Oh. I'm going here. No, my driver is this name. And she says, I'm going to say it loud enough so the driver hears me tell you yeah. that. Wow. So, That's yeah, that was, that was her clue that I'm in an uncomfortable situation. And I just need somebody to know where I'm at and what's going on. Uh, now, that wasn't necessarily with, with the ride chairs and those kind of things. It was certainly from her perspective from a cab. But the same applies. Right. The last big category is an interesting one and, and certainly one that's getting a lot more attention. But it's it's the risk of LGBTQ and it just says LGBT, LGBTQ plus travelers. Sure. Um, there are certainly parts of the country and the world 
where it is undoubtedly unsafe if you were someone um, of that persuasion. And it, it is something that I've heard my friends, close friends talk about is it's something they think about when they're traveling somewhere, they research the part of town where, you know, it is either really unsafe, right. if, um, you know, uh, or very safe. And so I think this is going to be something we're going to talk a lot. I love the fact that we're actually, you know, talking about this now. It's we're putting it on the table and we're saying like, this is something we need to think about. Right. I think it's that, it's that, it's that inclusion, you know, and it, it's that accessible. This, we, all the hotels, all the apps, all the services need to be available to everybody. And, and from a safety perspective, this is, this is, you know, as important as anything else to make sure that people can go about their lives in a safe manner. Right. Um, and I think that's really important. And I think um, like the service International SOS and others like it, um, they do a good job of when you're going to travel to a city, they give you the sort of lay yes. of the land. They say, hey, right now there's demonstrations that are occurring in that city. There are things that you need to be aware of as you're traveling there. And the other thing is uh, enterprises that use those services also know where their travelers are going. That's correct. So when those events happen, they know that they've got, you know, 25 people in that city or that part of the city that they need to make sure are yeah. accounted. So we, we, my company does use international SOS. And anytime I'm booking inter international travel before I go automatically, I get that report that you say generated and it's sent to me. I don't have to do anything. Right. Just book my normal travel. It's picked up in the system and I'm alerted to all the things that I need to be aware of um, as I'm getting ready to head out the door. It's a great service and services like it certainly are indispensable for companies and uh, people that travel at, yeah. the, at those companies. Jason, tell me real quick before we uh, leave the, you had a, a incident. Oh yeah. So um, I was traveling. Uh, I think you have told you the story before, but I was traveling during the uh, NHL uh, championship game and it was, I was in Vancouver uh, British Columbia, okay. beautiful, beautiful city. Beautiful I love, city. love that town. Um, and it was, it was the time of the championship game. Okay. And we were in a, uh, in a local bar, um, watching, you know, had a big group of people were watching the game in there and, um, the game was only happening like six blocks away, right. um, at the arena there. And, um, you know, one thing led to another, we finally, you know, stumbled out of the bar at whatever time it was. And we noticed that there's a bunch of like uh, police and riot gear uh, outside the hotel. Like full like on riot whole, gear, oh yeah, shields, on, yeah, the a whole big business. line of them. Um, and there was all kinds of, you know, noise and people all around and there was smoke in the air. It was just like, what the heck is going on? And, and as we try to make our way back to our hotel, which is in the direction of the arena, um, there were massive car fires and people were blowing out glass in, in uh, stores. It was Tear gas. I mean, it was, I, I experienced tear gas in the whole, it was horrible. Um, that's an example of, you know, like a demonstration or a, like an uprising in a city where, you know, if a company knew that they had X number of people in that town at that time when this was going on, they'd want to make sure they were accounted for. I mean, this is a, on the scale of things, a rather right. tame thing in comparison right. to some parts of yeah, the world that yeah. are experiencing real yeah. uh, issues at, at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's an example of yeah. being in a place I was far from home. Um, and just making my way, you know, five, six blocks from one, you know, bar over to my hotel, that was a scary situation. And I'm sort of, uh, you know, even though I'm on my own time, I'm under the care, I'm, I'm on business. You're on so, business. So that yeah. the company has some, uh, some, uh, you know, care for what's sure. going on with their employees. So yeah, that was just one example. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, great article from the, uh, from BTN. 
yeah. on travel risks in 2020. It sounds like the, the view is it will remain about the same. There's nothing that will dramatically decrease or increase in terms of risk, but it's something that more companies and people will be talking about. And that means that they're talking about it. They're going to be working on things to help. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the breakdown on this one, Jason. It is. It's the, the, a cool breakdown. So check out the article. We'll, we'll provide uh, details in the links. And we're back. And for the final segment of the show, um, something you and I have chatted about recently, and it just, we probably have talked about in our 13 seasons, in our 12 previous and now 13 season, we're going to come back to it. We've talked about it undoubtedly. Uh, airplane bathrooms. And, and here's, <laughs> I, here's where I have to start on this. How is it that with, yes, there are people that travel for the first time every day. Sure. But I would say by 2020, most people have been on an airplane at least a handful of times. Let's just say the majority okay. of folks. I would agree. Um, that are on the airplane. Not the majority of folks on the planet, but the majority of folks on an airplane, that sample set, a good amount of them have been on an airplane and have used the restroom before. I would say that's so in the 90%. Why is it so freaking hard to notice that the occupied sign is on when someone is in the damn restroom? So people stand up. And they don't see that occupied sign on the ceiling and they go try to get into the restroom. And it, it, it doesn't matter where you are on the plane. You could be sitting in first class right. and they're still hopping up and going up there. And clearly there's a toilet looking sign with a red X through it. It's, it's been the sign for a long time. So it's a pretty standard right. red X, do not enter kind of thing. Yeah. But still they don't yeah. understand it. And so they go up to... Well, here's the other thing that happens. I'm so excited. I know where you're going with okay. this. <laughs> Someone gets up, and it doesn't matter what age. In fact, you see it the very young, you see it the very old. All the way in between. All the way in between. Someone walking up to the restroom, like it's the first time they've ever thought about using an airplane restroom. And they are trying everything on every wall to find the restroom. And you and I know every square inch of an airplane. It doesn't matter what model number. We, like we know exactly where the restroom is. is we it, know yeah, where is all the compartments door? are. Is it right. one that opens out? Exactly. Yeah. But seeing someone try every wall except the obvious restroom yeah. door yeah. is, it's just great. But, but, but once they get to that restroom door, then they have more decisions to make, <laughs> right? They have the, is the green good or, or is the red good? When can I open this door? And do I push the door in or do I pull it out? Right. And will the ashtray that's on there, will it help me somehow too? Cause I want to open it. Oh, here's the other thing. Do you know that, uh, obviously you know this cause you've seen it a million times, but the, you can actually unlock the door yes. from the outside by yes. lifting that little. Yes. Well, I've never ashtray. personally unlocked it. No, but you, you could, if you wanted to. Yes. I, uh, yes, you okay. can. So, so there is the, you know, you can't, people aren't seeing the damn sign. The lighted sign. The lighted sign. They are uh, not finding the obvious door. I, you would think the restroom door is obvious. Yes. And then here's the other thing that gets me. They go in the restroom and I know by timing how long it should take to get in there, to close the door behind you, to pull the slider thing and then go about your business. All right, wait, what's the appropriate amount of time that that light should come on? I mean, for me, it's milliseconds. <laughs> right, because bang, bang, it's, it's, it's a two-step process. Door slams shut, and you and you don't gently push it over. You you, no. you push it over like you own it. Right. You you. I mean, it, milliseconds, yes. right? Okay, I just want to so, make sure we're on the so, same page. So then, you know, go about your business, and then 
there should be in a reasonable amount of time between the flush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the open. Right. Because there's so, not a lot else to do in there. I mean, you're, you're not, there's nothing to tour, right? <laughs> now, on an international flight, there is more to do. I mean, you're brushing your teeth, you're doing whatever. But on a normal domestic short, you know, short haul flight, um, there's a certain amount of time after the flush to the point the door should open. And if you're waiting, like let's say it's a longer flight, and so you're waiting for, you know, you've got a little bit of a lineup back in coach. Um, when you hear the flush, and then it's like a good seven minutes between the time and the door opens, it's like, what the heck were you doing right. in there? I assume they're going to come out with newspaper under their arm because <laughs> they were in the middle of some amazing article. Because you're right. Well, well, there's not much else to do in there. Right. So, um, yeah, there's an appropriate amount I mean, of time. You can't wash your hands that long because you can't keep the water on that now, long. Now, if – so because I'm always cognizant of the people that are waiting, especially in a long haul right. flight, I will – um, I will time if I'm going to, you know, do other things in there, brush my teeth, you know, um, freshen up, whatever. I will time the fresh room flush with the so you'll, final well, you'll step so the you'll process. delay the flush to indicate Just, to the other people. That's, that's right. very thoughtful because I don't like to have them say, "What the heck is this guy doing?" Uh, you know, so I time it the right way. So you, I like the fact that you have a plan of attack. Oh, I have a plan when of you're attack. going to the bathroom. On I have an airplane. a plan of attack before I get on the airplane with how I'm going to handle. If you, it. If, you, uh, yeah. if, you like, if I have to use the airplane, you already know. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about a turbulent situation where the no, where the seatbelt fasten sign is on, and you have to go? If you have to go, you have to go. And what happens? What what what's the protocol? Because you and I know the protocol, but not not many people know the protocol. So we should talk. Well, I'm about not it. sure that I know the protocol. Oh, the protocol is. The flight attendant they has will tell to say, you. Yes. They, they're, okay. they're required right. by their policy yeah. and by law, I think. Probably. That that they have to tell you to go take your seat because the fasten seatbelt sign is on. Yes. But they cannot force you to go. That's just what they have to tell you. So, I mean, nature calls when nature calls. Right. And, and sometimes I'm, it's the nature's banging on the door. The, and the, like, nat- <laughs> the nature is... It's, it's beyond a call. <laughs> like we're in a sort of <laughs> emergency it's situation. A, it's an explanation or explanation. Expl- ex- ex- Okay, exclamation! Exclamation! Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. So, so nature is exclaiming. It's time, <laughs> and um, and it's very turbulent. And uh, I know I I'm relatively comfortable on an airplane with sure. turbulence. I've I've had a couple of really horrible experiences we've talked about before with turbulence, but I'm comfortable in sort of moderate turbulence. Yeah, I can do what I'm gonna do, and I have a whole plan of attack, even in. Oh, I, I have. Oh, yeah. I, there's I, a, there's a certain you. brace method. Yes. Yeah. 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 Elbows <laughs> against the walls. Oh, no, no. I got a foot on one side and a, and a shoulder oh. on the other. I do a lean. I'm a lean. <laughs> a foot. No, because they're, they're not, they're wide enough where you can, you, you put a foot on one side and you lean your shoulder against the other wall. So you're sort of like oh, laying. A lean to. A lean to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm a lean, I'm a lean to, okay. to go number one. So you're a leaner. But in any case, um, when I, that's going to happen. I know the flight attendant's going to like, going like to tell you lean over and they're going to say, you know, just so you know, right. um, I go about my business and I get right back. And then you, the looks you get from people, they're so amazed and disgusted at the same time that you disobeyed yeah. the law and you got up to use the restroom. And I'm like, look, it's just, they have to, you say had it. an exclamation point. I had I, uh, more yeah. than I had a double. Yeah. Now I, I get frustrated though when, when it appears to be calm and they haven't turned the seatbelt sign off. Like at some point, like I'm going to wait a while. I'm going to wait a while. The light's still on. I got to go. Here's why I don't wait. Everyone else is waiting. Ah. So that if you so you're, wait, you're trying to, oh, if be you first wait, in the you're queue. getting All six right. people, then you get the awkward. Oh yeah. Like, oh, my turn, your turn. So here's, here's <laughs> the game I play in that situation where, for whatever reason, everyone's going to get up at the same time. Yeah. 
the best thing you can do is avoid eye contact with anyone. If you pretend that you don't see that they were trying to go, just go. And if you can make a beeline to the door before they get there, it's the same thing as like merging, like moving <laughs> lanes and traffic. If you start moving over, they have to watch out for you because they see you and you're in their way. And so they've got to slow down. Same thing. I'm getting to that restroom first. So I'm not waiting. I, 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 I it, you know, I laugh at you, but it, it makes perfect sense. It's the like next time you need to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I support that. So here's another thing that happens. This is usually, again, with people, the same people that couldn't figure out which one the door was are the same folks that don't know that you're supposed to close the Oh. Lock the little doors. Make the. Oh lock. yeah, I've, I've the. So it's been a while, but I, I've definitely opened the door on people. But it's been a while since yeah. I opened the door on somebody. But you, you do. Um, it is sort of a fun little thing. Like I'll hit pause on my movie and I'll I'll watch this play out. When I see someone go in there, they didn't <laughs> do the slider. Yeah, and then someone else is going to go experience. Oh right, right. Get, the stand gonna... or the sitter, the lean tour or the sitter, whatever right. it is. No, in I, I, I've and that real drama is is better than what's on TV. Oh, for without sure. a doubt. There is, there's always restroom drama some way. Yeah. Uh, but so. the universal thing that we can agree on here is that you don't go barefoot into the airplane. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. We talked about that in our last, I mean, you, you absolutely, if, if, even if you're a long haul international flight, put on those little like footy things. Yeah. Cover up your socks. Not your own your socks. Chest. Like you right, put them on top put, of your yeah, socks. Yeah, put them on top of your socks. Totally. And just don't go into there and toss those things when you're done. But I'm amazed that people, I, every once in a while you still see people go in there barefoot. Full on barefoot. No issue. Um, they don't have a problem with it, but I can't do it. I absolutely can't. I mean, because the leaners might miss. <clears throat> Here's the other thing. Um, I always clean the sink uh, with a paper towel. Like yes. if if you know the sink gets too wet or if it's a little bit dirty, someone didn't clean it before. I always get extra paper towels. And the other thing is paper towels. If you don't know where they're at, I see a lot of people that obviously couldn't find the paper towel and they tried to dry their hands with, with toilet <laughs> tissue paper. or toilet paper. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. Yeah, the, the paper towel is under right under yeah. the, uh, the mirror on occasionally sort of. to the right. Some of the older plants, I think it's to the right, right. But, but usually it's, usually it's under, under. It's right. Usually under. And if, if they don't have any more, I'll always let the flight attendants always. know. Always. You should. It. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, I always clean up the okay. the sink. Yeah, I try. If the sink is bad, I do, and I I usually will use a paper towel as my exit. Also, I use that to open the unlock the door and open the door. I use a paper towel as a handle. And the the trash thing is right to the the left as you're coming out, so it's an easy disposal of yeah. the. Uh, I, I save it and throw it away later usually because I want people. I go back to my seat making an, an, a big display that I've used a, t- a paper no, towel. I to never leave. would. Come I want back. them to know how clean I am. Uh, I really no, want. I would never like, bring that back to my seat. It's that clean. Is, it's, I used it as a handle. It was. It was a barrier to the handle. Barrier to the handle. I think the handle's probably much cleaner than everything else in that restroom. But in any mm. case, be, uh, airplane restrooms is is a fun topic. There's always something. Oh, and we'll, be, we'll be we'll be back in the I'll, restroom. We'll, I'm sure. We'll certainly be back uh, to the to the airplane restroom because it is full of fun. Yeah. And with that, that is our very last uh, episode of the week because we're going to do this a lot last more often. segment. Last segment. Right. Uh, I, I said episode. Yeah. Last segment, last segment of the week. Uh, our first episode of 20. So this we'll was do a, a lot more. It's a great, great discussion. Good discussion. I appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back with more. As always, we want to hear from you, the listener. Uh, what topics do you want to hear us talk about? What tips do you want us to uh, cover? Um, we're happy to listen to yep. so you listener you know, feedback. Reach us out on on Twitter on, on the Twitter on the Twitter at biz at biz travel guys all one word b i z travel guys. If you use the Anchor app, you can also leave us a voicemail. That's right, leave us a voicemail because we 
haven't gotten a voicemail. No, I, 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 like, that'd be you're right. if you use the Anchor app, you leave us a voicemail because we've never gotten one. That's I think right. Be, be the first one and we'll uh, highlight you on the next show. With that, I'm Jason. And I'm Joe. We're the Business Travel Guys. Until next time.